It's, uh, it's Thursday at noon. You listen to WHBK 88.5 FM. We are Ergo. I am Damon. And I'm Kiss. It's nice to be back on the radio. How you feeling, Dame? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I am uh, persevering and resilient. Those are good words to bring how, to the radio. How are you feeling? I'm okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm smiling. We're, we're back in the city. So we, we took a week off. Uh, we went out to sunny California and visited USC uh, Annenberg School of Journalism, which was a, a great experience. You can catch that right up. Also, like, we didn't leave you in the lurch. You still got that podcast yeah, on Thursday, yeah. you know. We're not going to leave you empty-handed. We were still here, but this was great. This was the furthest that Ergo was able to go, and it really uh, invigorated me in terms of continue to work hard on this show. So definitely, if you have connections to any type of institutions, particularly uh, well-endowed colleges and universities, cut, cut the, the check. check. Bring us out to have a conversation about conversation, about politics, about culture, about community and space building, and bring a few guests from Ergo. So we got a bunch of like historically important people that we want to bring to your space and build community with you and learn what y'all got going on. So bring Ergo out. If you have a connect at an institution, a college, university, a place that you think we could and should be, you can email us ergoradio at gmail or hit the Facebook. We'll check there too. Um, yeah, we got a, a couple exciting ones in the works, but I'll, I'll keep those under wraps for now. Now, first off, community announcements. What do you what do you want to start this off with? It's, it's a bunch of things going. Uh, the nineteenth, February nineteenth, there's going to be a forum uh, organized by a great friend uh, of the show. Has not been on yet, Joan. Uh, there's going to be a forum, Black America and Trump. I forgot the name of the event, but it's on Facebook. It's going to be at the Silver Room, February nineteenth. Also, this Saturday at the Stony Art. Stony Island Arts Bank, there is going to be a new installment of the series Black Sex Matters, uh, which is going to be a great event about body positivity, sexual health, black liberation and is going to be supporting uh, not only a few organizations that are, are, are working with uh, sexual reproductive rights and, and sex trafficking, but also it will help our new breathing room space uh, with the Let Us Breathe Collective get off the ground. And it's the most accessible this event has ever been. So tickets, I can't remember how much it is, but it's nothing crazy. It's like $5 or free or something like that. I think it's so, five bucks something. Yeah, you should same definitely... thing. Well, not the same thing, but almost. <laughs> it's nice when you have the plug and those are the same thing. We're not all you, Damon. <laughs> I'm on the list. <laughs> um, you should come through that. Also, um, well, tonight, first and foremost, uh, Thursday at the Promontory, there's a fundraiser for BLM Chicago featuring David Boykin, uh, who's a jazz saxophonist and a bunch of other artists. Go through and support that. And then also Saturday night, I believe, after the Black Sex Matters show uh, at the dojo, they're doing a collaboration with Black and Pink. Um, some of the it, it's going to be a combination of live performance and kind of a talk and kind of a, like half teach and half performance thing. Um, they Black and Pink always does amazing work and the dojo is a beautiful space. Uh, so definitely go yeah, to shout out that. Black and Pink. You definitely gonna get them over there. And then last, uh, but certainly not least, uh, I was so happy last night to go to the premiere 
of oh, the new yeah. web series Brown Girls. Shout out Brown Girls. Go uh, check that out. Written by Ergo alum Fatih Asghar. Um, and we're going to have the director and some of the folks behind it up on the show in the next month or so. Um, but for now, it, now all seven or eight episodes are available online right now. Go watch that. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, yeah, I've just been smiling. And the room last night was so, so wonderful. Um, so definitely go check out the new show, Brown Girls. Yeah, and so before we get started with our, our very special guest, uh, you know, it, it is a sad time in Chicago. Uh, while ergo, while we were in LA after finishing our presentation, kind of at a, at a real high, uh, got some really, really tra- uh, tragic and sad news um, that a friend and a beloved member of our community, John Walt, uh, was killed and, and passed away last week. Um, there's going to be a memorial for him tonight at, at YCA. Uh, but just a quick moment. I just want to, um, I'm really kind of, it, it, it's really a sad moment. He was a really good person. Uh, and I'm even kind of hurting because I've been back and forth for conversations about having him come up to the show since we started, um, and learning his story. So that's a real regret, but I am very happy and proud to have been able to tell him, how kind he was and how much of a good person. Every time I saw him, I told him I fucked with him. Uh, and so I'm proud that that to have been able to learn from him. Um, and so as a community, we definitely need to continue his legacy and and operate with each other with the genuine kindness that John Wall showed and the passion for life uh, and, and community that he had. So uh, rest in peace, John Walt. Um, there's also been a lot of... Uh, tragic violence that has been affecting our young people so before we introduce our guests i definitely want her uh to come to the mic and just uh because there's also fundraisers to support the families and so i'm gonna pull up a link on my phone make sure we got it but just before we introduce you just let them know about the fundraisers and then we we can have a quick moment of silence for for this tragic week okay uh chad robertson was only here for an hour in the city Um, coming up from a funeral in Memphis, um, and he was shot in the back by an Amtrak officer um, and has been in the ICU fighting for his life, uh, and his whole family came down from the Twin Cities. So we've been uh, just trying to give the family a lot of support um, with, like, food and space, um, those kinds of things. Um, so if you want to donate to help support the family, um, that's, uh, paypal.me forward slash BLM shy. Right. And we'll also share the link. You can check at Ergo Radio. Um, we'll, we'll share it out there. Um, and, and, and they're also, uh, we'll, we'll tweet it out as well. Cause I, I'm not getting good service up here in the station. Uh, but also there, there are links in and uh, funds to support the family of Kaya Holmes um, and Canary. I'm, I'm forgetting Canary's last name. Canary Gentry. And Canary Gentry. Um, so please, please, in this time, what we need is healing. What the, at this time, what we need is community to support those most impacted by these systems of violence that are so tragically affecting our communities. Um, and so that starts with the families, obviously. Uh, but but what is needed right now is is healing and community um, as our city is hurting and as our babies are dying. So. Uh, moment of silence for those we've lost this week. All right. So from that, right, a, v- a very low point, uh, I want to introduce our guest. That I'm v- I think this is a good time and a sad time to have you up here. Uh, but 
as I personally want to process and have conversations about the work that's going on in this city to respond and to build um, in response to the violence that we're seeing. We have an organizer here uh, from Black Lives Matter Chicago and BLM, Amika Tendaji. How are you doing today? Yeah, uh, I'm also eumetics. Eumetics, yes, yes, yes. I really really meant to say that because I really want to talk a a lot about eumetics because I feel like you medics don't get enough shine in this in this world. Not that shine is like the thing. Because you gotta you gotta be you gotta have your Twitter popping yeah. and all of that. And I hate that. So. But but before we get started into the bio type stuff and the organizations, uh, we always try to start with, and this is you know a weighted question in, in this time. But how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world right now? Um, I'm treating the world as best I can right now. Mm-hmm. Um, really physically uh, trying to be supportive to families. So from vigils to, um, you know, just getting my shoulder wet with tears. Um, that's been, you know, mostly what my time is looking like lately. Mm-hmm. And, and so like with that, right, That that's really hard emotional work and emotional labor. And, and most people who come to, you know, social justice oriented things come up, come of it to a place from, of empathy, which means that we're sucking in a lot of pain and a lot of trauma. Um, so how are you finding support for yourself? How are you supporting with your, yourself? How, how, how are you being healed if if at all by by community or by family or by yourself or by space how how, how are you dealing with, with this right now drinks shots True. Um, shout out shout uh, out to the liquor <laughs> <laughs> uh jokes as often as possible you know in between um yeah just breathing you know in between um you know that notion in organizing of like self-care um <laughs> I know uh, my my really good friend and colleague in Black Lives Matter has been, you know, just finding herself being really irritated that people are, you know, pushing like, you know, you need to take time for yourself and you have to heal. And she's like, they, I, my my brother didn't just, you know, I didn't just lose my daughter. Like, as long as I can be here, you know, mm-hmm. for them, when I can get them to a good place, then, you know. Is, is there a, does it have to be a dichotomy? Is there a way to do that supporting and help others heal while healing yourself? I mean, I think I am. I think this is healing for me. Okay. Um, I think in a world where, you know, we are right now where three children have been killed, you know, it feels good to me to know that, um, that there are people who, you know, give that much of a damn that, yeah. that, that it means like it, it was their family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's that, I think it's the, the pushing that irritates her, that it's like, you know, really focus on, you know, prioritize you, you, you first. Um, and she's like, let me, let me deal with Do these the, folks. Yeah. I, I th- I'm thinking you mentioned like, this feels like healing. You know, we, we try to get to like, you know, radical means to the root. So we try to get to the root. And I think in this moment, what I'm hearing is I could use some help and maybe we could do it together. Trying to define, at least for you, or, or some kind of working definition of what healing can mean. Um, because I think, you know, we kind of like through, we need, you know, the families need healing and community up top. And we don't really have a, like, a, a good understanding yeah. of what that actually looks like. What does that mean like. besides a, a, a 
of crowdsourcing page. Right? So before mm-hmm. we, before I, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I wanted to just share something that Ergo alum and organizer Paige May wrote on Twitter uh, yesterday, and I just checked with her this morning. She's cool with us oh, reading this, so um, I had to get 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 excited <laughs> and such. Um, but she was talking, and, and she said, "I understand abolition in practice to respond to these questions: Who is harmed? How do we help them? How do we ensure that this never happens again?" Immediately, as an organization and as people, we used all our resources to support uh, fit the family and friends. And how do you pronounce uh, Takaya? Takaya. Takaya. Uh, the family and friends of Takaya. But there's no fixing the pain, and I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to do question number three in a world where she's died. And the number of young people traumatized by this is devastating. I compare the impact of this week on the community of young people we are in to the impact of our 18 months of organizing. It's not enough. Um, so with that third question in mind, uh, which is all all three of them present their own challenges and work together, but I'm wondering for you, um, how, just how you think about healing or if it's out of the abstract, like what, what have you seen work? Um, so with, uh, Chad Robertson's family, two, two of his sisters had birthdays while he was in the ICU. So, um, healing in this case looked like bringing them cake and mm-hmm. making sure they had presents so that, you know, uh, it, it was a little better. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them left with like the clothes on their back. Healing to me is like going shopping so that, you know, they can feel more comfortable as they're going to do press, right? These 17, 16 year old girls are like, I can't do a press conference and the same thing I had on the other day. And then we're like, no one knows you had that on. <laughs> no, that's real. If I was going in front of cameras four days in a row, I'm like, look, we need separate outfits. We got to make yeah. sure this is right. But, but you know, Instagram, stuff it. like that, just making it easier. And then like taking an opportunity, you know, to, to just laugh that, like sixteen-year-old girls, no matter what, are gonna be a sixteen. <laughs> so gotta get that know? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, right now that's that's as far as I I can get. You know, mm. um, it really just also I think feels like just showing the most community, the most humanity I possibly can. Um, like having that be demonstrably like visible and seen. Like this is we are visibly showing that we are intentionally connecting yeah. yeah that sounded that was a big word sentence but you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> a yeah big, a big, big word uh, sentence. one of those big word sentences you keep hearing about yeah, yeah. i mean and, and what i was was hearing from from you talking earlier remind me so i got to meet uh robin kelly last week while i was in california and so from you know name drop and, and so <laughs> and from and from our conversation there was something that we kind of kind of like touched on uh it was actually even me it wasn't even his quote but the, the oh, <laughs> yeah no i'm doing it i'm going i'm going okay. i'm going to the wall with it uh but but moving from oh the, the you know as we talk about healing and wellness moving from this very like individualized concept of self-care uh which in a lot of ways is like commodity and transaction based to like a collective care mm-hmm. um and that's what i what i hear um is happening or that's what i see even as I myself like don't have the wherewithal to kind of go to a vigil right now, uh, but to see that, for example, Takaya T- was you know part of the Sada's daughter's family, so definitely our condolences to them as a member definitely. of the family, and also special uh, condolences to Rachel Williams. Uh, yeah. But what I try to acknowledge is 
that the work of the last two to three years now has a community in place to respond in a more holistic way than that family being alone. So, so is there any, are you able in the moment to take pride? And in, in, in being able to definitely. Do that work. I mean, Kaya's mom at her vigil, you know, talked about uh, people being in the uh, like definitely Asada's daughters being in the mm. emergency room um, around the clock with her family. Um, uh, I know she she talked about that that how how good it feels to have that many people like show up, mm-hmm. right? And um, I mean, just to show like. This is not business as usual. You know, our world is going to stop today. Mm. Like we're we're just trudging through uh, just like you are. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that we didn't just take this in stride and, you know, are, yeah. are moving on. Um, she did say meant a lot to her. Wow. That's such an interesting moment, especially or in just the way you frame that about the world is going to stop today for this. We are not going to just keep running the fight, the 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 work and the struggles and the, the next thing will be there. There's no doubt about that, but like we have to make sure that the world stops, that our world stops for this moment. Yeah, because un- like unfortunately, there is ab- ab- absolutely nothing new about little girls dying, um, especially in places like Chicago. But but I think there is a new response to this like tragically old um, thing. So yeah, I-, I I don't you know I don't want to go too deep into like scratching at these wounds but uh i do think that this is powerful and that we need to take some time to realize that that coping with death is an important part uh, of our work yeah it felt familial you know like uh you know how like you go to like a family reunion and and it's all like one name on the t-shirt but there's different like little last names and i it felt like (laughs) asada's daughters and byp are like you know, those different last names where we're all, you know, it was, it felt very family, you know, um, there was no like distinguishing between, um, anything organizationally, you know, um, and lot, you know, just lots of love, like lots of hugs and love. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned, it sounds like both on your end and on the end of her mom, like the idea of this extended family being there. I've been thinking a lot about like, being alone recently <laughs> just because it is so it it is so easy when things are moving so fast to feel like you're on your own and if you aren't part of those communities that have been built in the last two three five ten fit you know if, if you're not engaged before the moment of crisis uh it's very it can be very hard for folks to find their way into that when they need it most definitely um, so I'm excited to get back into your backstory a little bit, but I'm curious kind of as an entry point for that. As a community builder, does it is part of the driving force trying to build the community that you need? Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what would you say is the when you when you talk about the community that or when I talk about the community you need, but when you're imagining <laughs> what you want that community to look like, like what what are you hoping to make? What, what are we working to make? So I think it's changed um, mm. quite recently, um, you know, with uh, like ice checks at yeah. the CTA now. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of grassroots community organizations that work pretty well um, together. Now we need to be like in tandem. Um, we're going to have to start like 
being physical, you know, like we need to start like running every day um, <laughs> and making sure, you yeah. know, that people are running every day. Um, so for me, it's changed. You know, mm. we need to have like a uh, group think, being able to, you know, predict um, what we're going, what what our answers will be and our, mm-hmm. our, our thoughts will likely be uh, inter-organizationally mm. um, and be ready to... Uh, rapidly move. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, that's real. That's real. Because trying to figure out a way to withstand force without escalating the like overall climate of conflict and violence. Uh. Oh. Yeah. No. Nah, that that kind of that kind of shakes me up a little bit. Or I, I feel unprepared. So I kind of want to like. Yeah. We can yeah go. I, I kind of want to go. <laughs> I just want one point of clarification. And this is just I've been trying to figure out actually whether they were. ICE at the red line or whether it was DHS because this is I think like I'm trying to figure out where do I go to find out the information about what's actually going on right and so based on the information I've seen um, it may sound like a small distinction but I do think it's important it was Homeland Security it was not ICE it was not a raid it was a checkpoint and there are difference in terms of responses and again we'll share on our on our stuff as well but there are like kind of guidelines that now i'm kind of scrambling to try to learn for myself but here are ways to respond to each of those different things here's the jurisdiction and the power they have um and making sure that we confirm actually who's doing what so that we're not all running around and we can actually coordinate a little bit right it's it's also important to note that there were ice raids that happened at the same time while these checks so there was there were 50 people who were rounded up from raids and then there are also these checkpoints at the cta so let's let's switch it up because we we, let's talk about you a little bit and instead of we usually go like or try to go with the beginning to now but i kind of want to Start more contemporarily, because uh, you said up top origin story. Yeah. Though. But we got to get to the origin. We're okay. gonna go reverse. Yeah, reverse. Yeah. Let's 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 do that because I because I want to know because I'm interested to get into like the origin of how you got into this work because you were one of the few or maybe not few but you were one of the people that I'm in relationship with that were in the streets or in the work before the Black Lives Matter moment. Right. Yeah. And so I, I do want to get a lot of that perspective because uh, I think we focus a lot on the young or the new uh, and we need to get that continuum going a little yeah. bit. But I, I think it's also really interesting up top. You said laughter as like a healing tool. And so a few months ago, or maybe even almost a year ago now, I saw you do stand up. I think it was your first time. Ooh. Have, have you have you done stand up again since then? Was that your only time? So I did uh, I did something for uh, Claw. Mm-hmm. It okay. was it was awkward. Um, <laughs> Claw's the was, was Chicago awkward. League of Abolitionist Whites. Yeah. So a bunch of well-meaning white um, folks. What up, Claw? <laughs> yeah, they they said it went well. I didn't feel like it did. But you were I, doing I think like they were being stand up with the mic on stage for an audience of that was Claw. It was a claw audience. There, oh, there wasn't a mic. I don't. Think. <laughs> oh. um, it was a room. So it was more a conversation. Yeah, a guided talk. Yeah, oh, this is so <laughs> a funny TED talk. Yeah. But, but I think that's really interesting. Like, right? So that room is is definitely like of the political community. And then the room I saw yeah. you in was in a memorial for Rakia, mm-hmm. right? So I was hearing you kind of like make jokes. It was like kind of the first I saw that hybrid of like people making jokes of the movement, making jokes about getting arrested on purpose, making jokes about, you know, just direct action and overall. And just like that activist street life, like dichotomy or kind of how they like contrast. I want us to open up more space for comedy. Um, I I think comedy is like the political art form, right? Like that's where like satire, Richard Pryor and you know, like that, that's a lot of people's intro into like um politics and every time i'm like wow we have all these 
poets mm. and 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 singers and, a lot of and stuff. And we're not we're, we never have any comedians, and they're like, "Well, you know, you're gonna have to do it." So mm. I was like, "Well, that's that's really not what I was going." For. <laughs> <laughs> um, was comedy your entry or one of your entries? I mean, I th- I think that show was just like years and years of me saying that, and then mm-hmm. people were like, "All right, so you, you, yeah. I know you're gonna get your ass up there." Then, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, if I I think if I could pack rooms of my friends, I'm sure I can <laughs> make them laugh. Uh, if it's it's all about community. Man. If it's strangers, I don't know, you know, how that's gonna go. And uh yeah, that one closet is like uh I wanna jump into that moment only. a little bit. That's the funniest thing in the world. Cause I'm thinking about like what would be the worst audience possible. And they're great but like the temper politically oh correct. My God. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what worked what did did like would you call it a bomb? Would you call it like uncomfortable what happened? So I made a lynching joke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's how you, you, that's how you get there. I, I made a lynching joke. It, I didn't open with it, I don't think, but it went in there somewhere. It wasn't really planned. It just, <laughs> it, it came up and they were like, ooh, like, like really painful. And I got offended that it was too soon for them. <laughs> <laughs> Still too soon. You could just feel all the assholes just clenching once. <laughs> so I was, you know, we lost it because I was like, really? Too soon for you? For you, though. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's um, and we didn't really recover um, <laughs> from that moment. Um, and then you know, oh. so they they like a lot of awkwardly like came up, uh, and so one of the guys at Claw like uh, I do um, street medic work, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's often like my street medic buddy, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, I told you this was not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, it definitely didn't. And oh, watch how they're so all funny. about to tell you you did a good job. <laughs> well, well, that's the other thing. I love you. That's why I keep it real with you. They're not going to bring the critiques. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? So you, you mentioned the street medic work. And I think in the conversation of healing, we actually kind of skipped over that. And I think that happens a lot. Like literally physically healing. Um, can you describe a little bit about what you medics does, where, is that, where that comes from, and, and what's going on there? Uh, yeah, so street medic thing oh, is yeah. different than my umedics work. Street oh, okay. medic work I do with Chicago Action uh, Medical. I was woefully unprepared for this interview. Is the thing. I'm making it very clear. <laughs> okay. uh, We're going to find so, out the conversation. Yeah, we uh, yeah, carry bags and stuff during protests and you know are there in case anybody gets hurt. But mm-hmm. um, our protests are pretty low-key, so I usually just hand out like snacks and water. <laughs> Clutch, um, very clutch. And make sure people are cool with you medics. Uh, um, a young man from Fly uh, was... Fearless Leaders by the Youth. Yes, We have Veronica Morris Moore and Tweak Harris on the show. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, was was killed by the University of Chicago, um, Damian Turner, and uh, they Fly started mobilizing this trauma care campaign to get a, a trauma center on the south side. And I really just was like, we got to be able to do things on our own. Mm -hmm. Um, And that if if we were trained, if we knew what to do, if we knew how to respond in that moment, it had to result in... um, you know, increase in life. Interestingly enough, there was no research then on like bystander response uh, Hmm. for trauma. Um, There was some for for like heart attacks, but not really for trauma. And now they're coming out with uh, research that says it's it's 
pretty critical and important. Yeah, it makes sense because you think about like we learn or a lot of folks learn like CPR or learn the Heimlich or stuff like that, which is in response to like an immediate moment of physical need. And there's no reason, especially like when the stakes are so high, why those tools also wouldn't be helpful. Yeah. So we've um, we've we've done a lot of trainings at this point. Um one of the things that so what what are people like equipped when they with when they leave a tra- when they a leave they uh know how to respond to a gunshot wound mm. um how to talk to nine one one um how to uh respond when police arrive or if police um are there before and uh how to respond to an asthma attack mm. so let's use this since we have since they let us on the radio let's use this as a moment. We don't, obviously it's not a full training, but like if there were a couple things that you want people to know or mistakes you see people make in those moments, whether it's how they call 911 or how to respond to cops, like what, what would you want people to walk out hearing this episode uh, knowing about how to handle that moment? Uh, so the first thing is 911 does not know where you are. Um, uh, I would love for people um, to in those moments or even when they're talking with their, their families and friends and they, they say like, well, I would call the police to change that language and, you know, say that you're calling emergency services. Mm. Um, 911 doesn't know where you are. They cannot track our cell phones. So we need to be really specific mm. about uh, where we are. Um, Which and, must be difficult in like a high pressure situation sometimes if you don't know exactly yeah. where you are yourself. Um, in a, in a shooting, you need to tell them, um, that the scene is safe. Uh, an ambulance will not come without a police escort. Um, in general or when there's been a shooting, shooting. um, uh, when, or a a stabbing as well. So, I mean, they may be closer and they'll, they'll wait for the police. Mm -hmm. Um, so you want to make sure that you're saying like the scene is safe. Things are calm and happy. Um, Will saying that make the ambulance show all the way up? Or are they still going to wait? Even if you, I say mean, the they can always still wait, mm-hmm. but it's biasing that you know that mm-hmm. their that dispatcher is going to report that is going to factor in their decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you want to tell them things are calm and happy. Uh, situation is pretty safe and and be as specific as possible. Like, you know, um, uh. At, 5706 South University, um, the third door down, there's a red car that I'm, you know, standing right beside. If you go up the the other stairway to the second floor of the radio station, not the (laughs) other one that everyone else goes up. Very specific. Yeah. So for you in learning this, where was this stuff that you had experienced in before? Um, Did you have a background in medic work or what was, how'd you learn? Um, I've been shot at a couple times, mm. so tactically, I had some uh, good pointers on how to not get shot. When you were learning on bullets, the job, uh, <laughs> flying. Um, not me personally; they weren't aiming for me. I was just, you know, there. around. Mm. Um, then uh, the co-founder Martine Carroll is a, a nurse. Shout out Martine; she's dope. She's pretty awesome (laughs) um so she's a nurse uh she took her nurse training she also reached out to uh some uh black emts we knew who um you know uh trained as best they they could and then a lot of like studying on what people do uh when they don't have supplies when they don't have access um then we I've responded uh helping somebody with uh with they had a couple gunshot wounds. Um and a couple of our other trainers have too. 
Mm-hmm. So then like taking into practice, um, we used to suggest um, like maxi pads mm-hmm. and like carrying maxi pads on you to um, uh, just, you know, that's a good super absorbent. I've tool. seen the commercials, but uh, <laughs> having you know having experienced that, unless it was like kind of like an in and out through their arm, like you probably want to go with t shirts more. Okay. So we push t shirts. Now this is this is dope because so I, I didn't know the scope of you. I just like know the faces and the networks and, and see y'all show up. But that's a like that's a really powerful lesson for our listeners, like outside of that specific work, but for there to be like a political need and there to be political resistance, but then also organizing people to respond and create communal alternatives to the fact that this system doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I'd love for us Very to tangible. just have a lot more um, health autonomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we can, you know, move uh, a lot past it. We'll, you know, teach a lot more things, but kind of inspired by a lot of the work um, that happened after Katrina um, and people just checking on. That's kind of crazy. (laughs) People checking in on each other, um, you know, and just medicine is just siloed, right? Like, you know, you're going to come to a doctor and if I was a doctor, I would just tell you whatever I wanted and you would believe me because I was a doctor, right? Because you're paying me. (laughs) And you're not going to go and talk to your friends and family and like, you know, does this sound sus to you? Like, what does this sound like? What are my, what are my options, right? Um, Our medical professionals are rarely asking like, what's going on in your life? If I went in and I was like, my head hurts all the time. Um, they probably wouldn't get to the fact that, like, I've been at vigils and, you know. Um, they do a CT scan. <laughs> they give you some Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or something, you know, more complicated that's, like, now messing up my stomach. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, we eventually just want to, you know, get to that point and teaching people how to have conversations, um, carrying, like, community, you know, care packs and stuff. So, I mean, usually I just have stuff. So I got like a little boy who was in a fight, um, cleaned him up and gave him a Band-Aid on the bus. Mm. And he just appreciated I didn't judge him about the fight. (laughs) Did he he win? I didn't even ask. I was was like, I know you're going to tell me I should have seen the other guy. So I'm just Just leaving this alone, you know? And you 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 would have cleaned up the other guy. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So, so... Thank you for that, because I didn't even I didn't even know like the full scope uh, of that work, and, and you know I definitely if there's time I have space to talk a little bit more about it, and, and obviously we got to get into BLM, but before we do that, we got to know, and the people need to know more about like who you are, and so describe home, describe you know what your family and household was like growing up. Are you are, if you a Chicago native, which I I'm pretty sure you are, right? Yeah, yeah. Where in the city? Where in the yeah, city, where from? city are you from? So I am from like all over. Um, I didn't have, my parents were um, in like active addiction. So I was raised by uh, like an entire family. So Mm -hmm. I was like aunts, grandmothers, all over. Um, Also spent a lot of time in uh, Maryland and then like DMV. Mm -hmm. No shout out to that place. (laughs) I was about to. Uh, shout out it, the remote. <laughs> no, no, I I'm like a shout out aficionado. I did not like it. The record will show they have no. not shouted out. Uh, please, uh, please if you don't, don't mind me, as much or as little as you want to share, why why no shout out to uh, to Maryland, as Jay Z referred to Maryland. <laughs> so particularly uh, where I was, it's just it's one of the wealthiest black counties. Were you in PG County, yeah, and oh, just okay. like one of the just like most 
bougie yeah. It's like the worst part, parts of Hyde Park times a million in that yeah. regard. Like how they police yeah. the borders of it. Yeah. And, yeah. It's the antithesis of a grassroots community organizer. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you took the way. opposite of our collective personalities <laughs> and made it a place, it would be that place. Were you already into organizing? Were you out there? Were you, like, aware? Or it was just, just like, intuitive? Like I, I started like getting into it when I was about, when I, when I, when I was 14. Wow. I know, exactly. And so, um, I'd always been, like, back and forth. But I don't like it even before the Even before you. So, what was that moment like? Go, let's take us to 14. Why 14? Um, so, I had a friend who... Uh, her her parents were in the Communist Party, and so they were working on this campaign, um, anti sweatshop labor. Mm. So um, leafleting on Saturdays, it was just kind of like something to do. Um, Is this like Nike or like in general? It was it was uh, Disney Gap uh, and some some other like clothing line that was in like department stores okay and, and, and what captivated you about that like right it's one thing to know a lot of 14 year olds learned that thing what, what made you say oh i'll get it I, I, yeah it was just something something to to do and, and like at that time she was just telling me how like we could change the world i think i think i didn't believe her and okay. i think i was gonna try to show her like i will take part in this and nothing's gonna happen <laughs> um so i went leafleting and so I, you were a quite a you were a people. communist saboteur is what you're saying <laughs> Maybe so. You were a McCarthyist um, infiltrator. <laughs> so you know, I would go. I would, I would do the leafleting, like all the all the all the rich people who were like, I don't care. I would be like, see, see what I tell you. Um, but we um, won the campaign against the Gap, and the Gap like was like, okay, we're gonna. We really wanted them to not shut down the factory, not choose a different factory. You know, just let us. Um, have human rights monitors go mm. in and like insist so that those people still had their jobs. Right. Um, they flew in two, uh, like a 14 and or two 16 year olds um, who had worked in the factory from Honduras. Um, and I didn't know what they were saying, but I just knew like teenagers are not supposed to be that grateful. Mm. Um, wow. And because of things that were going on in my life, I could understand that level of gratitude. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was told, like, I couldn't do anything about my life. No agency over my situation, my circumstances. But collectively, I was able to do something that impacted them. How, how did that gratitude yeah. present itself that was so moving to you? Was yeah, it just like in their mannerisms? Yeah. They were speaking in Spanish and just crying. And mm. like... Uh, you know, obviously, I don't know what they were saying. It was it was being translated, but I wasn't listening to the translator. Um, <laughs> it was it was just the emotional connection. Just, I mean, yeah. how do you go? F but like that was a really profound analysis for a fourteen year old to go from the, I am emotionally like sympathetic or empathetic to this yeah. is structurally not right. Like you should not be this grateful. Like that, I've, I've never heard anyone uh, talk about gratitude I mean, as I was a symbol like that. That kind of grateful. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that time, and none of my friends, you know, could understand it, okay. you know, like their parents would do something nice and then they'd be like, oh, nah. well, that's just what parents yeah. are supposed to do. And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any. So I'm moved and, you know, grateful. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, there's nothing I could change for me, but I was able to take part in something that changed things for them. They would likely take part in something that would, you know, change something for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, do you think it, like... Because you just said they they could then take part in something that would change something for someone else. 
I could also imagine that maybe there's like, maybe not an assumption, but a hope for like a reciprocal thing, right? It's like, if I can do this for someone else, then maybe there's someone who could step in and provide that, whatever it's support or the, the fight for to, to try to like have my back in that. Do you think at some level, maybe back then, that's part of it? The same way when I'm talking about like when you're building a community, it's because it's the thing you might feel like you want or you need. It's kind of this hope that like, if I do that for them, Maybe there'll be someone to do that for me too. Yeah, I don't think that I was thinking that much on the on the reciprocity. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I still knew I'm like a first first worlder, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like kids in Honduras aren't really going to be able to like mobilize a whole lot um, on my behalf. But <laughs> uh, it didn't matter, you know. Like you don't think about you're outside and 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 mobilizing mm. around something you're not thinking about like i'm poor and you know what? uh black and mm. you know you it, it it's not uh it's not about you then so even as a 14 year old cuz i think like 14 year olds it's kind of always about them or so often 14 year olds like just it's hard to have that world to have that zoom out as a 14 year old maybe yeah no i, I totally cool. I embraced it yeah. started Thrift store shopping all the time <laughs> and wore my shoes uh, into the ground. Like, all, you know, all the kids would be making fun of me. And, I, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I'm broke, but I'm a part of a global broke community. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's uh, uh, yeah, that's powerful to, to hear, that's like, great. how the your environment and home kind of, like, allowed you to be more just intuitively aware and how that that started your like your jump into the game. I, I do wanna like before we get into like a lot of the BLM stuff, I wanna know what you saw or get like when we're gonna try to not interrupt for a few minutes and just, and just hear the narrative. Also, I, I saw you drunk drank all your water. You want the rest of my water? I would love thank it's you. It's all about love. It's so very warm here. in here today. Yeah, yeah. No, it's toasty. So make sure make sure you hydrate uh while we get this story. I wanna know from okay, fourteen year old like sweatshop labor up until like twenty thirteen, pre Trayvon, right? Like, I feel like I am ignorant as to what was happening in the city. I know that there was a lot of work around like capital punishment and death penalty, uh, but just overall, I think like radical movements were suppressed, marginalized, and invisibilized, and a lot of like the individual actors in the radical yeah. movement had to go protect themselves, whether it be in artistic spaces or the academy or just like households and family. So wh- what did you see? Help us kind of like connect those dots a little bit of how we got to the moment to be ready to do these last two or three years. I started in like um very white Alinsky style, um, very true, policy true. driven um, organizing. Right? Alinsky is kind of the guy that they say is like the father, the father of, of the radical organizer and like, when they were trying to debunk Barack, they would go to like trying to counter his theory. And he was all mm-hmm. right or largely like right here in Hyde Park. Like yeah. this was the center. Yeah. All right. We did a bad job of not interrupting you. And uh, <laughs> a little bit, well, that. I mean, context is important. Um, so, yeah, I did. Uh, it's also really different that training than um, a lot of the way that uh, folks around me organize. So I was very chained that if. I spoke publicly ever. It's because I was doing a bad job. Um, I didn't train my leaders well enough to to be able to speak. Yeah. Um, I should never, you know, publicly say anything. No one should ever know like my name except for other organizers and some politicians. Um, so I spent most of my time working on um, 
the the school closings that were happening, um, the Olympics bid that uh, pushed people out to the suburbs, mm. got us all these like uh, blue light cameras that did nothing but like lower property values, um, mm. and working against uh, those things. That transition to just really focusing on youth organizing um and uh really you know noticing how like school is like so present like you can take bold um uh rebellious at for bold rebellious children uh who would definitely tell anybody they can't tell them what to do except for their teachers like they're terrified of like <laughs> certain things that happen in school I'm like why you didn't just stand on the table and be like fuck this no you can't <laughs> and they're like you don't understand. They'll put that on your record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. so cares. <laughs> Do it and I'll celebrate you. Like, why are you suspended? Like, we'll all take you out for ice cream. Why are you suspended? <laughs> no, you can't get suspended. That goes on your permanent record. Man, the, 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 the like looming threat of the record, like this yeah. folder in your, in like in the principal's office that has every, yeah, that is a, it's like a powerful Demir. deterrent. Yeah. That like, it's like an economic joint. Like, you know, like you're not going to be able to get into schools and get jobs because of this. Yeah, but I'm like, screw Fuck that. Yeah. Like, they, they, they not trying to let you to school, no way. I'm your mother. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Rebel. Yeah, Don't let kids. them tell you what to do. Um, so, yeah, the, but the schools then really were. So, um, you know, organizing with these schools that were being closed without uh, people's permission. It was super emotional. Like, uh, kids, like, fighting for their teachers, right? right. Um, and... Mostly I was helping to organize OR, which is on the West Side. And um, there were teachers there that had been there for like 20 years who had taken students in. Um, when people were looking for them or, or their family members for, for violent reasons, they would let them like stay with them. And these teachers were being, you know, taken away and, and replaced by this um, young, white, inexperienced teaching force. Um so the TFA crew sailed in on their ship and did their thing. Yeah. Charter schools. Yeah. So everything for me then was like policy, policy, policy. Um, not really um the the sort of like scope of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um now I joined a think tank um focused on Shout out to the think tanks. Shout out Think Tanks. Um, Shout them out. <laughs> figuring out how to make measurable differences for black men and boys um, in health, employment, the digital divide, uh, some other areas. Why, why the, the gendered focus? Because um, they were on the top of the list you don't want to be on and the bottom of the list you do. Um and I like I love black boys. I got three of them. Um, <laughs> Shout out to your boys. What's their names and ages? Uh, Josh is eighteen. Um, he's about to be nineteen in a couple days, actually. Um, Happy early birthday, Josh. That, that's 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 get it in time. Right yeah, there. eighteen, nineteen. That's like the peak. Get it uh, in. So he's at University of Michigan tearing up. <laughs> oh yeah, he getting it in. Um, <laughs> that's what he's doing as we speak. Yep. <laughs> Joe's sixteen. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is mom. No, yeah, mom. No, no, no it's prime. Yeah, get it I, in I, time. I know. Shout out, Josh. Just, he got that. Get it in. Go big. Joe sixteen, <laughs> and he was just yelling at me about like you need to carry condoms in your medical kit, and I'm like, if you need condoms, I I feel like you have enough agency <laughs> on your own to make that happen. Like I don't have to carry condoms in my medical kit so that you can you steal them out for your, your own. <laughs> Purposes. I was thinking like you could maybe like keep flowers and chocolates in your medical kit. <laughs> I'm not. You, you you got that. You got that. You, you know, it was a, it, like, that's not a medical emergency. He, he wanted to have a whole argument with me about it. It's a it's a it's a it's a romantic emergency though. <laughs> you never know. You never know in these streets. That's a sixteen year old rapid response. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got jokes too. So he was like, maybe if you had thought more about, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so like, then you wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this stupid conversation. So who really wins? Yeah. Um, so, I think everybody loses in that situation. Yeah, Joe's 16. Anna is in Asada's Daughters. Um, she's 13. Uh, uh, no, no, no. She just turned 14. So, um, oh, I did that so you didn't mess up her. <laughs> okay. Um, they, they get it's too many of them. Oh, well, now um, and uh, Noah's 11. All right, all right. So shout out to the shorties and and to Joe especially out there getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I so I so now I do want to. I have one question before we get into like the BLM moment and and kind of the distinctions between like the hashtag and the idea, how it is also like an umbrella name for the for the movement, and then how it's a specific organization that has its actual like cut of the slice and, and kind of if we could di- differentiate between that a lot because I, I try to talk to people about that but you said something that was a really interesting and something that i wrestle with uh about people as a successful organizer you feel like you should never speak or never be seen or heard from which one we're like directly trying to contradict that right now and this Mm -hmm. is all about you speaking so one we might like challenge that on the whole but that's something i I do wrestle with because coming into movement spaces as a performer as somebody with like some public light and trying to transition that into just like responding and not even knowing nothing about organizing as I've like getting more connected to the tradition and the legacy, trying to figure out how to have platform, how to use individual network and connection to get into collective work or to, to justice work. Uh, but then sometimes feeling like it is a, a design flaw to be a speaker, to be, to be public, to be a performer, to, to have a platform and to be in like a cooperative space so so how are you feeling about that talk about that that i mean i don't i don't think it uh i don't absolutely stick to that anymore um and i let you know i let go of it as a as a concept um quite some time ago it is more instinctive um for me not to uh be in the news um or um you know speaking at like rallies and stuff like that. Uh, let people who are more interested in doing that, do that. Um, I mean, I do struggle with this, like you got to, you know, celebrity um, activist culture that we have. Um, I was just saying like, we got the top 30 under 30, like what do, let's focus on the top seven over 70 who are still doing <laughs> yeah, this. Like, really where good. is there, you know, like, big uh the root cover and Mm. you know um because that's that's to me like more interesting um you know and just kind of its association is tied to the work right so my daughter is now like um 
she's in Asada's daughter. She's coming into her own activism and she's now asking questions like, you've been doing this for a long time. I remember us being dragged to a lot of meetings, but why are you not popping? But I'm like, because I never wanted to be. So <laughs> that's what Susan. What a mixtape that mom. Why are you pop, not, yeah. you know, all on like MSNBC and, and whatnot? And I was like, because I would go in basketball shorts and a grabby t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> just to prove a point <laughs> that no one would understand. <laughs> when asked Your about point. it, I would be like, I don't really remember what the point <laughs> of this was. <laughs> These are comfortable, though. These are very comfortable. <laughs> but I'm feeling good. <laughs> Speaking of shout out, shout out to basketball shorts. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've, I yeah. can't believe this hasn't come up in the first I do appreciate it, like, oh material in the world. But they're so excited expensive now they are there is a basketball short markup shout out to the inexpensive basketball you gotta shorts. go thrifting for them. Thrift they're, they're like are great they're like uh in like finish line or something they're like 50 dollars yeah That's, yeah like well, the jordan shorts and once stuff. they pulled the sweatpants uh to the uh to the more formal wear they felt like they could bring the basketball yeah, yeah, shorts no, the with sweat it. Sweatpants. You could pay like eighty and ninety dollars for a pair of sweats. That that is a trap. We should start a campaign <laughs> on the markup of sweats. Yo, that's correct. All right, putting two more zippers we, doesn't we make need them fast. We could sustain a lot of our work with dope sweatpants. Yeah, below yeah. All right, and dope basketball shorts. Man, as always, we there's never enough time, and we and we got to get into. BLM because we actually surprisingly have not had anybody from BLM Chicago up here yet, which is a, a fault on our fault on our side. Definitely going to have Kofi and Aislinn out here. Shout out at some point, but kind of transitioning out of like the old school kind of behind the scenes. I think the Black Lives Matter moment as like the digital age and like social media, it kind of like broke that paradigm. Uh, and so like, just talk about how you came into that work, how you see the creation of Black Lives Matter Network, how you see the Black Lives Matter movement, either locally or nationally, whatever, whatever's on your heart right now. So, those so are a weird. Lot of big that, that is actually like a very weird story. Aislinn really um, wanted uh, me to be in Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, I got humetics. Mm-hmm. And that's all, you know, but I suck at like Twitter and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. she's like, come over here. I'll help with all of that. So it was really like, like a trade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but then I need Kofi and Umedics. And we we really like worked it like a like a draft. Yeah, like the, the Chappelle, <laughs> the Chappelle skit, the actual draft, the organizing draft. Organizing draft. Oh my god. That's actually yeah. really fun. So it was it was like a draft. Uh and then it, I was like a little, I was like, I love y'all. I believe in the work that y'all are doing. I don't know about this whole like the network, the hashtag, the, you know, it's all very confusing to me and it seems to be um like you got to be good at twitter and i'm not um so she was like well i'll do your tweeting for you um you know i got you so i'm like all right cool she really has not now that i think about it i gotta go holding holding i take that shout out back you get the first one not that second yeah yeah we gotta make sure that she gets my my followers up (laughs) at least a retweet for the episode or something like come on now yeah. yeah. So uh, the 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 there's a network. It's a movement. It's a hashtag. Uh, there are organizations that are Black Lives Matter that are not affiliated with the the network. Um, the, the rogue BLMs. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's not really much you can do, do about that, it, right? Yeah. Or say about that. Who who are not representative of of our collective values? Um, so. Which is for difficult, us, right? Like, so for people who don't understand, there 
anybody can say I represent this movement or anybody can sit in a room and say we are Black Lives Matter yeah. whatever. We're Black Lives Matter Toledo, right? And not be in conversation to an actual in-place structured network. Yeah, we had... Um, I probably shouldn't talk about this, but whatever. Um, <laughs> there were some some young folks that mm-hmm. were calling themselves like Black Lives Matter Chicago youth. And um, they... they it seemed like they were doing some good stuff, so we wanted to support. But then they had these big goals of like sitting down with Eddie Johnson, and mm-hmm. we were like, Mm-mm. "CPD superintendent." No, no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we'll sit down with any of those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we we're like, "This, this is no good can come from this." So we tried to like talk, you know. So then we we're like, "Well." You gotta let that name go. <laughs> You're determined to do this. You can't take that name and that mean with you. Yeah. So, but that's super complicated. Super duper. Because it, yes, it's the the organization, but it's also like how you how did that conversation go? How do you tell kids like or anyone like you can't stand behind this name, which is an idea. Which is what? Which is well that there. I think that that the, the, that language is used in three different ways: as an idea, as a label for a movement, but then as a specific or organization. And so, how do you like? I guess what we're asking is, is how does the organization and the idea uh, negotiate or mediate? Which it is not I, a I clean. See, answer. I, I leave it alone. You know, I <laughs> I, I, I say we just leave it alone because there's no way. You know what I mean? To um, unpack that. You know, I, I do more about like separating where we are um, individually. So when people are like, oh, you, I heard y'all got 37 million from some Republican. I'm like, no, nah, that that definitely didn't happen. We got like 200 in our account right now. <laughs> yeah, which we get all the time. The George Soros pay, pay protest the giant. So I, mean, look, I would take it though. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would definitely yeah, take yeah, it. The money did nothing to yeah. me. <laughs> You're going to get the criticism. You might as well also get the cash. But to that, actually, to that point, I want to because you mentioned Twitter. We mentioned this a little bit in, in. You talked about things changing in the last couple months in terms of how do we, uh, or how specifically as an organization, rethinking the relationships and, and building that. There's like all this, like what was dismissed as kind of like Twitter trolling for a long time, or like every, how every YouTube video is full of like dis, like racist comments. And people were just like, "Oh, that's like what happens on the internet." And now we're seeing that, like, no, that was base building. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I I think that understanding, at least for me, is is kind of a new thing that, like, oh, no, we can't. We dismiss that because that was, like, an easy thing to say. Well, that's just anonymous people on the Internet doing that as opposed to, like, that is a network. A, network. Yeah. Um, a counter network. As you think about the rapidly changing uh, space in Chicago and knowing that, as you said earlier, like, being a street medic at a protest so far is mostly, you know, giving out snacks and water, but that as happens around the world, protests can be sites of extreme violence. And that, uh, that's something at least whether it's anticipated or not, it's something that I think I could imagine folks being in a moment of preparation for. Um, is that changing how y'all think about, uh, or when, when you talk about being a medic and having that, like those tools there, um, are y'all as an organization, are you individually changing what you think about what taking the streets can mean and look like and whether, in what moments that is the best tactic to use? Yeah, well, Mount Greenwood changed a lot of that yeah. thinking. So uh, 
when Joshua Bill was was murdered, um, I wish I'd asked that question half an hour ago because we have one minute left. So <laughs> oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah, so I sorry. don't know how to answer it in yeah. one minute, but we'll, like we'll go we got to get ready. Over. We got to stay ready. <laughs> we'll, let's, we'll go. I'm comfortable going a minute over if you want, or a couple minutes. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, so the we we went down to just protect his family, right? Who were, were like underdressed, were unprepared for the temperature and the amount of uh, Mount Greenwood residents like coming out oh, spewing yeah. hate, right? Yeah, that was different um, from like Ferguson. Yeah, and uh, so I definitely just noticed like they were shooting off fireworks and you know trying to like re-traumatize his family, and that was just like minutes. If, uh, you know, I needed, like, if we needed to mobilize or something, I'm not sure that that in our extensive community organizational, uh, uh, I yeah. could mount that yeah. kind of, like, Instantly. instant just turn response. Um, and so we need to to get ready for that. We need to, to be ready for that. Things are about to change rapidly. Um, we know historically, uh, you know, whenever there's, like, a, a fascist regime, things move really fast. Uh, change really fast in ways that nobody was prepared for and we gotta look back at those and get like really ready yeah. um, and not not thinking of like politicians and what we're gonna do but like you know what we're if like, they how do we take yeah. David yeah. and <laughs> yeah, we how are we gonna get him back where can I hide people you know yeah. all those kinds of things so unfortunately, we do have to wrap up this great conversation but I think that's actually a great place yeah. to to, to end this part and keep building on because I think those are questions because they're really difficult questions that haven't been and haven't been demanded of organizers to figure out literally how do we physically in all these moments for each other keep each other safe I don't know why I can't talk but um, thank you for starting that and starting to bring some of that and I'm excited to keep imagining what those ways can be together thank you for being here today. man for shout me. out so let's get that twitter popping we we where the people you medic you? shy yeah that's the first one um <laughs> blm has enough followers <laughs> just you medic shy. shy that's all you need to think about <laughs> and you what's your twitter what's you personally uh at make at amika tendaji all right i don't know why i use my whole name i should probably think about <laughs> that. so follow her at amika tendaji for now we're at ergo radio definitely bring us out to your spot if somebody got a budget they looking for good people to come and have these type of conversations we'll be back next week with another strong voice from chicago and beyond much love to the people peace all of my niggas this casket pretty ain't no one safe in this happy city i hope you make it home i hope to god that my telly don't ring niggas this casket pretty ain't no one safe in this happy city i hope you make it home I hope to God that my telly don't ring I've been searching for God in the bottle he gave me Ashes to ashes, dearly departed, regarded as holy Don't hold me, don't hold me when niggas is dying and dying And I am afraid of the dark, blue and the white Badges and pistols rejoice in the night And we watch the news, and we see him die Tonight, tonight, the night, the night, his baby said goodbye Roses in the road, teddy bear outside, bullet down the right Where's love when you need it? Shade upon, bullet in the chest, you ain't mean no harm Collecting your checkmate, I know you in love with the power There's flowers at every occasion, I need me a medicine man Somebody heal me, somebody take my hand All of my niggas is casket pretty, ain't no one safe in this happy city 
make it home. I hope to God that my telly don't ring. Niggas is casket pretty. Ain't no one safe in this happy city. I hope you make it home. I hope to God that my telly don't ring.